Hi, my name is Matt Eaton and welcome to Metadata Matters, the Grey Meta podcast. In this podcast series, Grey Meta talks to people working with metadata on a daily basis to understand their perspectives and learn about best practices. In particular, I will focus on how technology like machine learning and AI can help generate, curate and work with that metadata. My guest this week is Sally Hubbard, Director of Media Management at the US public broadcaster PBS. We talk about the pilot she ran at PBS involving Grey Meta's Curio platform. We discuss metadata standards, how using time-based metadata can help realize the full value of an archive. And we discuss some of the challenges and opportunities facing metadata management in 2021. Here's the interview. This week, I'm welcoming Sally Hubbard, Director of Media Management at PBS, uh, to the Metadata Podcast. Hi, Sally. Hello. Um, thanks very much for joining. And um, I wonder if we could start off by you just describing your role at uh, PBS and, and, and how you uh, came into that role. Um, sure. Uh, so I actually started as the Metadata Architect at PBS. Um, and then moved over to this role, which is really about um, looking at uh, moving the media supply chain to the cloud. Uh, you know, to most institutions and PBS included are in at some way along the path towards the cloud or a hybrid deployment. So, um, uh, yeah, that's enough. And metadata, um, the more you have digital content and the more you have uh, your you know, connected, you, you don't have the stuff in your hand. I think metadata looms larger and larger in um, management, media management and collection management. It's a question I've asked uh, um, many of our guests, but can you just talk a bit about how you've worked with metadata during your career and, and, and how things have changed? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I got into metadata sideways, I think, as many people do or used to. Um, I was working at the UCLA Film and TV Archive, um, and we had a big NEH grant to preserve Hearst Newsreels, which obviously on, shot on film. And, um, and as an offshoot of that, after we've done the preservation and whatnot, we, um, we were looking at developing some early electronic educational resources with the digitized content. And, and it was these very fun, cool projects. We digitized some footage and put together these um, interesting educational projects. Um, and then I realized that these things had a very short shelf life. Uh, it was all very, you know, this is when back in the day when things were fun, it was very ad hoc. Um, the standards, either they didn't exist or they were changing, people were doing things. We did, we had a little room in the film school where we did everything on a hard drive in house. And uh, over time, I got interested in how to give that type of content longer legs, if you like, like what's required to make this stuff really have an ongoing value um and that was from that i started looking at this metadata thing and uh that was really how i got it and other aspects of managing media and administrating media and getting it out there so uh um that was really i guess how i started and in terms of how metadata is managed what changes have you seen there oh yeah lots of change right um it's, it's funny you know the first time i went to uh the nabs and the big annual National Association of Broadcasters conference um, after I moved over to the TV world, people were saying, what is metadata? 
I would say, you just wait, it'll be the biggest thing here next year. And, and it took longer than that, but over the, with the digital transformation, it has become bigger and bigger and more people are getting an appreciation of the, the practicality of it, like what, why it's needed. Um, but also, I mean, the tools and the standards have just exponentially changed, right? We've had media asset management systems, media orchestration systems, and all, all the, that technology has changed, the standards has emerged. Um, so it's really been, I think there's been a growing a awareness and then the tools have just been developing and developing and developing as we go. It's just been an area of constant development and constant innovation. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 And, Do you want my and, definition and, of metadata? Yeah. That's helpful. But the, my favorite definition of metadata, which I found resonates most with people, it's everything about the thing, but it's not the thing itself. It's like, so you, you have the film and then all the information about it, the who's in it, what's the standards, that, that's the metadata. It's not the film, it's all the rest of it. So I'm just throwing that out there. But because people, that was a question that like people would say, what is metadata? What's this metadata thing? And that was one of the things I'd say to them. That's as, great. as well as the, it'll be great next year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very neat, concise uh, way to talk about it. And in terms of metadata, I mean, is it mostly sort of editorial meta metadata you've been involved with? Or um, not really, like a whole range of it. Uh, it's some of it's, you know, started with descript. I think that one of the things that's changed, talk about things that have changed is, I think, back in the day, metadata was seen as somehow in competition with cataloging and bibliographic library standards um, and I think and or at least differentiated from that as a different beast and I think that's largely gone away you've seen that kind of convergence of those of that of those um, you know, if you like academic or professional fields from the emergence of these standards like um, Dublin Core and things like that and that's a big thing that's um, uh, that's what sorry what was the question I've lost it <laughs> <laughs> just the different types of metadata yes. yeah so um so so that was really about the administration a lot of it so you get you get the technical standards emerging you get the yeah. uh like the ebu course is um it's very good on technical standards you've got the the ip the administrative metadata all, all you need all of it it depends what your role is and where you're coming in mm -hmm. but i think you get what you're really looking for, I think, with metadata is rich metadata that covers all those aspects, right? And pulling all those different areas of subject, subject matter expertise together or finding some mechanism to bring those together so that you have a richly described content library or content archive that people can do what they need to do with it. Lots has changed in terms of metadata management over the years, but what, in your opinion, hasn't changed? For instance, I still hear people complaining that metadata standards are not keeping up with usage. One of the things we have to do is manage change, right? I mean, that's mm. in a way the way I came into metadata is being able to manage change and requirements. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, things need to be updated and kept going. But I think one of the things that hasn't changed in a way was this um, goes back to this kind of marrying of, the, of more traditional, if you like, knowledge management is that that kind of rigor is really needed and you I mean there's, there's people will get very impatient with standards right but I think I always say standards are freeing I mean you have to keep an eye on them you don't want to be slavish to them but if you have a standard that I mean we saw it in the project we're going to talk about later we did with gray matter standards really let you free you up to do the interesting stuff yeah. so 
I'm not, you know, they're, they're, they're imperfect, like everything, but I, I'm, I'm a fan of standards. Yes, no, no, absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, I guess one other thing that hasn't changed, um, it's in my experience has been uh, people still resent having to enter metadata, although they're very- Well, yes, yes, they like to have it. I don't like to do it, right? right. That's one of those, which is again, something that some, we're getting tools in now that can kind of start addressing that issue. I mean, I, I, yes, you always have that tension between the need, the rigor, the need, and the, the ability to actually do it, right? And then you have to say, well, what can we do? And there's always been that dance of what can we do, what can we do well, there's no point putting investing and doing it badly or doing it in one corner and, you know, we have one little piece of well-described content and the rest of the library, we have no idea right. <laughs> what's going on. So, I mean, again, you have to negotiate all these pieces, right? But I think over time, we're getting more and more tools to help us do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in... Um, previous presentations I've seen um, where you, you talk about metadata, you've talked about the content library at PBS have as, as millions of moments rather than you know, X number of episodes or, or, or finished content. Um, could you talk a bit about the role of metadata and machine learning, um, uh, the, how that enables um, this, this view? Uh, yeah, so well, I think this is really about realizing the full value of your content, of your right. library of archive, and knowing what you have in it and what you can do with it. I mean, especially with the pandemic shutting down production, so people have to go back to the libraries. And metadata is the whole ball of wax for that, right? You have to, to, to be able to know what you have and know what on, at a, on a time-based level at the scene or, or clip or frame. Um, that's metadata, that's all about metadata. But going back to what we were just saying, that's it was really not possible until fairly recently and when these assistive technologies came in like machine learning or semantic technology to be able to go in there and um, tag your your library at that level um, so one of the things I just mentioned it one of the things we've been looking at is combining machine learning and semantic technology to co connect time-based metadata to the broader information domain so yep. you can go in there and say, okay, like a, we need we need a very small clip to do this to to go, you know, out on social media or something. You can go in there and find it without making it a big five week research project, right? You can just go in and say, do we have this person? Do we have this person doing this thing, holding this thing in this place? So you can do that if you have that um, moment based uh, or you know time based metadata. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the other the other aspect that that you know I think it's a great phrase having you know being described as millions of moments. It, it talks about you know many different groups of um, the business needing access mm -hmm. to that content for yep. different purposes and and being able to, to dissect it in different ways. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Once you have a richly described archive, it's really an asset to the whole organization, yeah. right? Everyone, if, if, if you have enough, and, it, and that's not easy to do, and these assistive technologies are not an easy button, but they make it possible that you can come in and the lawyers can come in and the creative folks can come in and the technical folks can come in and they can all find the information they want. You mentioned the, uh, the, the, the project with Grey Meta. Um, could you um, just describe that a bit more in, in terms of how you use machine learning 
uh, as part of that project what, what, what were the goals of the project and uh, mm -hmm. uh, this is a proof of concept project we did uh, we um, we had some great partners with it we used Sesame Street content from the wonderful Sesame Workshop folks um, we used Curio through our machine learning platform and our taxonomy platform was Pool Party from the Semantic Web Company and uh, the project was really intended to test the practicality of stacking those things together. Like, do these do these tools allow us to get the benefits of both worlds? So, um, and specifically, we, we needed, you know, semantic technology is text-based and audiovisual material is obviously not text-based, right? So we needed a mechanism that we could provide text as a, to, to map up to our taxonomies and our controlled vocabularies. And that's, that's what machine learning would let us do. We could run through and we could say, okay, at one minute, 60 seconds in, you will see Elmo, um, et cetera, et cetera. At least that was the theory. But we wanted to test if that would really work. Could we stack these things together? Could we train machine learning to recognize puppets? For those who don't know, Sesame Street is a kids program that has lots of puppets. Um, and it has animators in iterations of those uh, puppet characters. And you know, could we train machine learning to recognize that? That's not something that you'd get out of the out of the box for most machine learning platforms. Um, and what was the level of effort to do that? And then could we connect those insights from machine learning to our taxonomies, uh, which would include traditional season um, episode type information, but it could also include information about characters and actors and all the other information we've talked about. And what we found is that, yes, you, you could. <laughs> we could connect those in, insights from machine learning to our taxonomies, uh, technically because we, everyone used robust technical standards. So that made it very easy to do that. Um, and we found that these things are practical. Again, it's not an easy button. There's work involved in, in building vocabularies, but it is something that's entirely feasible. Um, so that's, you're, moving, you're moving the goalposts of what your questions are. Yeah, who, who, who would benefit most from this kind of technology? Well, uh, that's a, we're just going back to the richly described archive. I think there are so many use cases once you've got that. Um, I mean, one of the things that we, one of our findings, if you like, from this proof of concept was this becomes a business question. It's moved from being a, a question of technical feasibility or possibility to, is it worth it? What, what, are, what are the infrastructure requirements? Where do we start? What's the time scale, the scope? What can we afford? Or perhaps what can we, can we afford not to do this in some way rather than a question of technical possibility? So there, so there are many, many use cases. The one that we're exploring right now, PBS is looking at right now is a recommendation engine. Um, and that's moved over to our innovation group who are looking at um, uh, saying, okay, we've, we've got the semantic knowledge about all our different shows, we're running machine learning to, to pull facial recognition and, and object recognition and use insights from, from the, um, the taxonomies and we use those together. We can say, okay, well, if you like this, if you like this actor, we have this other content, or if you like this character, we have this other content. So that's, um, we're looking at a, um, or they're looking at a prototype deployment of that kind of tool to see how that works. And that's, I think that's a very obvious use case or implementation of this kind of technology. There are lots of others I could go on for ages, but I think that's a, an obvious one. What do you see as some of the biggest challenges around metadata management um, in 2021? 
<sighs> so of course we're still dealing with the pandemic right so that adds an extra layer onto everything um so ironically it's also provided a bit of a push towards the adoption of these various new technologies around the cloud and machine learning and ais and apis and whatnot uh, but i always say life is a succession of now for the hard part moments right you solve one thing and you're like oh that's great life you feel very pleased and you realize that oh now yeah. I actually have to do this right. and I have to look at the scale on how to run the project. And I, I'm, I'm thinking now that now that these tools have got to a level of maturity where they're, they're practical. Now we have all the issues that have come around, up around actual implementation. Like how do we roll this out? What do we do? How, you know, or how do we pay for it? All, all those kinds of issues. Mm -hmm. So I think we're really at, at that stage with these tools. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, I think, issues of digital preservation are going to come up yeah. um, with that move to the cloud. And how does that, you know, you can tell my background in archives coming up here, but uh, that what does that mean about the trustworthiness of digital repositories and cloud repositories? Do, do people want to keep on-prem um, content? How much, how does the resilience work? How does geographic separation work? And that's a kind of perennial issue, but I think that's gonna come up. And I think the other thing that we should all bear in mind is that this particular emergency we're in right now has pushed the value of IP and the cloud and the web and remote working. But the next emergency may throw up a whole different set of challenges, right? A solar flare might take out the internet, hmm. something like that. So we have to be aware that we, we don't know what's gonna come. I think uh, it's an important point about resilience though, mm -hmm. you know, being able to you know, access the content uh, hopefully um yes yeah exactly and how what are the kind of fallback or right. all those issues which are of course a lot of very smart people are thinking about these things but i think that's you know th this this particular moment really emphasized the, the ip technologies and all the pieces part of them and you know and that's that's great and that's been it's been very interesting but you know this is, you know, now for the hard part, something else is going to come up. <laughs> it's going to throw some yeah. other issues to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and conversely, what, what are you optimistic about in terms of metadata management? Um, well, I think I think these new tools and I think the, the awareness and the tools have kind of come together to a sense that this it's all much more possible now. I mean, I've always had a little bit of a Cassandra sort of waiting around the background about preservation and metadata. <laughs> now, people are, people have, it's become very much people are aware of this now and the need and the business utility of it. And, and again, it's, it's um, having tools to make it doable and deal with that fundamental issue of this stuff is not fun to do. It's not fun to sit and tag content, right. having something to help people do that. It should make people make people's jobs more interesting. It should open up a possibility about what we can do with our content. So I think all that is quite exciting and how we can obviously for PBS, how we can serve the public better and what kind of how this feeds into our mission and our service and, and you know, the educational role, which is a lot of this work with Sesame Street was about. So I think that's all quite exciting. Yeah. And as part of things to be optimistic about, would you include um, standards and the use of APIs? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, like, I think I, yeah, that, that's absolutely, that was a big part of this little proof of concept we did. The easiest integration I've ever had in any project I've ever done. It was just, and that's APIs and standard based APIs. It was, it was, it was really astonishing. I was expecting to lose weeks as you do like, oh, we did this and this came up and that came up and it really was very, very straightforward. 
Great, that's good to hear. Picking up on your previous comment about now for the hard part, what other challenges do you see with uh, wider adoption of machine learning uh, among the user community? Um, yes, I, I mean, I think part of this is going to be a, a voyage of discovery. We're going to find what, what the issues are. I think one issue that um, is going to come up and we're all going to have to learn how to deal with is bias yeah. in machine learning. Um, and, I, and I think the thing there is to abandon any perception that machine learning is somehow magically neutral. Right, when in fact it's a product of society and various biases are inherent there and then they're going to manifest themselves in all sorts of ways, right? Yeah. Um, they can emerge from the algorithms or the training or the interpretation or other aspects of the implementation. So going back to the idea that this is um, machine learning should be seen as assistive, I think that's a big, that's a big factor there. Like we'll need a human component that's aware that bias is possible and, be, and is prepared to recognize it and remedy it. So exactly how that will happen, I think, is, again, another discovery issue because you don't know exactly how it will manifest. Um, I don't think it's a reason not to use machine learning at all, but I think it's a, definitely another aspect that's going to need to be managed and we're going to be, need to be cognizant of and a bit cautious with. And uh, that does pick up on this idea that this is not something you can just run and not have humans in there monitoring it and taking care of it and kind of guiding the, the process. No, and, and that's great. That, that picks up on um, a, a common thread through all of these episodes, really, is, is, is talking about, you know, the importance of the human in the loop and the importance of human curation. Um, yeah, human curation in all sorts of ways. I think there's going to be so many as, as we kind of go further down this as an industry and as all the industries go down, that we're going to see more and more aspects of that. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm sure our listeners have found it very useful to hear your thoughts on machine learning generated metadata in an archive and I appreciate you sharing your experiences of the project of PBS involving Grey Meta's Curio platform. Thanks very much for joining me this week, Sally Hubbard. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Matt. If you'd like to find out more about generating enriched time-specific metadata, visit greymeta.com or email me at Metadata matters, one word, at greymeta.com. See you next time.